Isn't the point of traveling to get away from it all, to feel the best you've ever felt? Then maybe you should check out Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. When your trip comes to an end, you won't need another vacation because you just had the vacation. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 12:30 to 3:770 CHQR. All right, welcome to this hour of the program. Rob Breckenridge in today on the Chorus Radio Network. Coming up after 11.30, we'll talk about uh, the Alberta government's legal challenge of Bill C-69, which the Premier calls the No More Pipelines Act. Uh, technically, it's the uh, Impact Assessment Act. And uh, it is now, of course, it's passed, it's law, it's in, in practice, it's the uh, new approval process for big new projects. It's interesting because in the whole debate around coal policy, the premier was touting the fact that any coal project would have to be approved through this process. But the province is also challenging in court. We'll talk about that coming up after 1130. More time for your calls coming up as well. Well, yeah, talk about uh, some of the delays people running into with uh, booking a vaccine appointment. Uh, There have been uh, delays and frustrations uh, for uh, travelers reentering Canada. We're trying to navigate this whole system uh, of the mandatory hotel quarantine policy that the government brought in with increasing concern about variants uh, emerging in other countries. So we're, we're changing the requirements for people who are traveling into Canada, both in terms of what you need for a test before you fly, what you need for a test once you arrive. And for those returning by air, yes, uh, there is the expectation then that you spend uh, at least three days in a hotel while you wait those test results. And if you test positive, well, that's a whole other layer. So, the, yeah, there's been some frustration in, in navigating all of this or just the frustration that the policy exists. I mean, it's put hotels in kind of an awkward position, I, I suppose, because, you know, we need hotels to be a part of this. And so if you're returning to Calgary, which, again, is one of only four airports in Canada receiving international flights, then you've got some hotels to choose from. So, yes, this is business for hotels at a time when, yeah, I mean, hotels have obviously been incredibly hard hit by this whole pandemic situation. Uh, So what does it mean for them in being a part of this and and helping to administer all of this? Joining us to talk more about it is uh, Sol Zia, Executive Director of the Calgary Hotel Association. Uh, Sol, thanks for making some time for us here today. Welcome to the program. Good morning, Rob. Uh, so talk a bit about, uh, you know, the, the involvement of hotels in, in this quarantine plan. How, how's this all working or how were hotels uh, in, invited to be a part of this? Well, Rob, it, it stems from Calgary's hotels. Uh, we've been continuously part of the support efforts to keep travelers safe. We've been working with every level of public health, whether it's municipal, provincial or federal, to protect um, travelers as they come in. And we've been compliant and involved with every program. Uh, so it stems from that, um, this this new program. But it, uh, to be honest, it's it's not a it's not it's not a significant amount of business. There's probably a lot more work related to adapting to this program. Right. But Rob, as it is on a day like today, there's only four flights coming in. With I've, I've heard um, between eight to twenty passengers from four U.S. airports. So there isn't okay. really uh, a significant amount of activity. Um, we have heard it's frustrating for guests to try to book, um, but the government has allowed 
travelers coming in um, from international flights to book directly with the hotels now. So we think Calgary is, um, and our hotels have adapted very well to this. But to be honest, we're not talking about more than a few dozen people on any given day. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's important to note. How many hotels are a part of this then? Do we know? There's five hotels in Calgary that are participating in the program right now. All right. So as you say, so now there's the opportunity to at least book directly through the hotel because that, that wasn't that wasn't how it was set up initially, right? Correct. Uh, okay. Although we're not sure whether the ability to book direct will be permanent or temporary. But as you acknowledged earlier in this conversation, um, before I got on, uh, there's been a great deal of frustration from travelers uh, you know, across the country trying to get in. Uh, on the long wait times they received mm-hmm. on the government's designated travel agent. Right. And, and you mentioned, you know, the, the, the costs involved, right? Because if hotels are going to be a part of this, then they need to make sure they're set up so that, the, you know, all the government's expectations are, are met. What, what does that involve? Uh, I mean, the hotels are complying with the overall uh, scheme, which is, you know, three nights accommodation Three meals a day, although we are more than willing to adapt should anyone's dietary requirements require more than three meals a day. Uh, and then safety and security of the guests uh, as they stay here. How are they getting to the hotel? That's a good question. So the government has allowed a number of uh, transportation methods. First of all, for those hotels that were in terminal, which all four cities involved in this program have, you've simply you know, leave, check in, and, and go to the hotel right within the terminal. Uh, shuttle transportation is permitted uh, for those hotels that are off uh, terminal. But the government is actually allowing those who, let's say, snowbirds, for example, who have their vehicles parked somewhere near the airport to obtain their vehicles and drive to the hotel. Now, the other interesting aspect is is the cost of all of this to the traveler, because the government was talking initially just about $2,000. And we just kind of, it seemed as though that wasn't an up to $2,000. The government was just basically telling everyone, this is going to cost you $2,000. But now it turns out that, well, it's not quite $2,000. And that maybe that depends on, on the hotel itself and its cost, because what I understand that the costs do vary uh, among some of the hotels that are a part of this program, including those in other cities. So how, how is that slide wor- working? Well, as I've said to... Um to uh, others in the media, the the hotels never were a party to the $2,000 number. That was, and the government has acknowledged, came from their own research and analysis. And you're absolutely correct. The range for the three-day stay varies by city. Cities like Toronto and Vancouver are significantly more expensive than Calgary. Um, And it varies by the type of property who's hosting the guest. Now, the, the three days meant to, to allow for time for that test result to come back. The, the travelers arrive, they're, they're tested. Is the test done at the airport or is it done at the hotel? Correct. The test is done at the airport. At the um, airport, okay. Yeah. In, in our case, um, right around, uh, I believe it's door 17 or, or right away. It's done right away, we see. What's the protocol then if, if somebody's test comes back positive? It's a different protocol, um, and, and apps, uh, actually the hotels aren't directly involved. There are designated quarantine facilities that the government is operating, should but anyone test positive. Right. Yeah. Okay. Which is a separate uh, program by the public health agency. Right. Okay. So just to, to clarify all of that, let me ask you too, Solon. I mean, 
you know, putting this program aside, I mean, obviously the the restrictions on travel, just everything else, it's it's having a huge impact on, on the hotel industry. But hotels are are still operate, are still able to operate, and wanted to make sure that that people who are traveling or need to stay somewhere are kept safe. What options are there for hotels in terms of reaching out to customers? You know, through encouraging staycations, uh, that that sort of thing. Where where are hotels trying to get creative here? I guess and when it comes to to uh, business you know rob that's that's a fantastic question there is the hotels are wide open and we've got great events happening in the city right now we have the curling bubble um which is going to count right. for thousands of room nights and a huge contribution i think 11 million dollar contribution to our city economy we have outdoor safe outdoor festivals like chinook blast um and hotels of set up all sorts of deals for families to stay and i have to admit if you if you research some of those the stays are almost to the point of being free. The combination of a really attractive room rate, 30 or $40 a day in, in food and beverage credits, valet parking or free parking. There's some amazing offers for Calgarians and those in the region to stay at a hotel. Uh, and they are being creative when it comes to single family to use a pool or a fitness facility and dining. But uh, the hotels are wide open and that's where the business is more so than the, the three-day quarantine program. Well, by the way, people can read more uh, on some of those uh, packages, uh, chinookblast.ca and uh, much more at calgaryhotelassociation.com. So well, thank you so much for making some time for us here today. Really appreciate this. Thanks, Rob. All right, take care. Uh, that is uh, Sol Zia uh, with the Calgary Hotel Association and uh, just kind of an overview of uh, how the quarantine situation is working. So obviously some hotels, so five in Calgary, are involved as, as a part of the quarantine. So, yeah, there's been some frustration with how the government rolled that out. But certainly, yeah, there, there are costs on the hotels, too, in, in being a part of this. But at least now, travelers seems, uh, seem to have the opportunity to book directly with the hotels, which maybe should have been the obvious go-to at the outset. And it was just a lot of needless confusion, I think, created by the government in the way they set it up to, to book these hotels and then the, the confusion around the cost. So again, and maybe there's some parallels with the whole situation with vaccine booking that, yeah, this is a big undertaking and maybe it was anticipated there would be some confusion or some some problems. But yeah, this is something that, uh, you know, the government chose to set it up this way. So I think at the same time, they need to be accountable for where there are some problems here, where there's confusion. So hopefully that straightens some of that out. We'll take a time out here. We'll come back. We'll have some more time for your phone calls. Got a few other things to get to here as well. Rob Breckenridge with you here today on the Chorus Radio Network. All right, welcome back. Yeah, there's a piece today in the National Post from Chris Selle, who uh, points out that uh, only a few days in and the mandatory hotel quarantines are already a debacle. Uh, they, there were some stories out of Toronto where essentially travelers are showing up and they're just leaving the airport. Uh, some are just walking out. Uh, others are saying, uh, you know, just give me a ticket because I'm not going to a hotel. So that's been a, a bit of a fiasco. And then we have the more uh, concerning situation. Uh, from uh, Halton Regional Police in, in Ontario, where a quarantine officer who had been hired by a private security company was charged after allegedly demanding cash from an Ontario resident and then sexually assaulting the woman when she refused to pay. So I'm not sure if, if this was in one of the hotels. I think this was actually one in, in one of the quarantine facilities that perhaps this is someone maybe who tested positive i'm not sure 
But uh, yeah, that's pretty alarming. In fact, the, the Conservatives, uh, as a result, were calling for a suspension of the mandatory hotel quarantine uh, after these uh, media reports uh, emerged. So that that's a little bit alarming as well. So that's, yeah, somebody texted, Rob, have you heard anything about the woman who had been sexually assaulted by one of these security guards? And yeah, that's that's the story. So that's that's definitely a big problem. So what are we doing to fix all of that? I mean, I, I get in in theory the idea that, you know, we we need something in place to ensure that we're not importing more of the problem here. You know, the, the, the government's response has been really kind of haphazard and sort of all over the map and confusing. You know, countries who are smart about this have been basically doing this all along. You know, Taiwan was one of the first countries to really essentially close its borders. And they've been pretty smart about it since. So if you want to travel to and from Taiwan, then, you know, be prepared for, for something like this. So, I, I mean, I get the idea. It just has is, is not been, it's not been consistent. It's not been responsive. It's been a bit of a mess. But what do we expect? What do we, what kind of rules should be in place when it comes to international travel? Should it be targeted travel restrictions, depending on where people are going or coming from? Is a test sufficient? You know, how, how should we handle this? Because obviously the, these variants of concern are, referred to that for a reason because they are concerning but i think part of the issue here is you know that that horse is kind of out of the barn that we were kind of slow in reacting to all of this weren't we so that's what we got hopefully they can deal with these issues but uh, yeah you want to weigh in on that again our number here 403-974-8255 also 780-496-0063 uh, of course, don't forget, we got the Alberta budget coming down around 3.15 this afternoon is when it will be presented in the Alberta legislature. We'll have the finance minister, Travis Taves, on the program tomorrow morning. So there's obviously going to be a lot to unpack in this budget. From what we're hearing, we're anticipating a, a deficit somewhere in the neighborhood of $14 billion, although that is down from, from the last budget that was tabled. Something I'm curious to see as well what the province is uh, forecasting in terms of oil prices. You know, we've seen in the past where governments have been off the mark in forecasting oil prices, and in fairness, it's, it's not easy to do. And right now, we're at an interesting moment where, depending what happens with the pandemic, you know, there's some forecasts suggesting that demand's going to bounce back in a huge way, that the pandemic itself has actually created some potential uh, supply shortages. Uh, we could be headed to uh, $100 a barrel. And, you know, it was a level that you know, a lot of people thought we would never achieve again. So if that's in the cards uh, for, for this year, even potentially early next year, that could be a, a real wild card in terms of Alberta's budget. So like, I don't expect the Alberta government's going to be banking on $100 a barrel oil. I don't think you're going to see those forecasts in the budget. But, you know, that's something else the government's been accused of in the past is, you know, being too conservative when it comes to oil prices. And then, wow, look at that, um, you know, got all this money rolling in uh, that they didn't account for. So that's that's going to be something to watch. Uh, by the way, and something else we're keeping an eye on, uh, either today or tomorrow, the CFL, from what we're hearing, the CFL and the CFL Players Association are on the same page. They've submitted a return-to-play plan uh, to the federal government and to the various provinces. 
I know initially, and when the CFL put out, I think it was in November, they put out their uh, their tentative schedule for 2021. Uh, they anticipated having uh, fans back in the stands, but that might be a little too optimistic, at least for May or June anyway. But here's hoping. Anyway, let's get back to the phones here quickly. We've got um, Dean on the line here. Dean, go ahead. Hi, how are you, how are you doing, brother? Hey, Dean, pretty good. Hey, I just wanted to mention, I, you know, like... I didn't see any problem with what, how they were handling it before the traveling through the airports with the, uh, you take a test at the airport, you go home, you get tested five days later to make sure that you don't have COVID. And maybe mm-hmm. they should have thought of something like maybe putting an ankle bracelet on them to make sure that they were quarantining their full time. It seemed like it was working. It was, it was only like 1.2% that were coming uh, coming through uh, Calgary Airport with anything anything wrong, like with any COVID at all. Uh, I thought it was mainly successful, and uh, the Liberal government just threw that out. They didn't even look at it. So I was wondering why the pilot program wasn't working. Well, how, what was wrong? Yeah, I, I think it was the concern with the variances, and, you know, in particular, people going home and then quarantining around family members, and I don't know, maybe we could have stuck with that approach, or maybe we'll go back to it some point soon here. Anyway, we'll break here for the bottom of the hour, much more still to come. We are back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.